now we will take a step back and we will look at everything from start to finish, whether it be the transportation, the distribution, um, manufacturers, our agreements with our distributors across the board. So I think that sustainability has a part to play in all of that. Where it goes and where it lies, I think is yet to be determined. I'm Adam Polka. And I'm Bill Denby. Together, we'll be talking to supply chain experts from around the world who are tackling challenges in their corner of the industry. We believe that people are the change makers that drive innovation. That's why this supply chain podcast is about learning from those who lead by example. We hope that the conversations you hear will inspire you to drive change within your own organization. This is the Great Supply Chain Podcast. Let's jump in. All right, let's get into it. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce two Supply and Demand Chain Executive Magazine 2021 pros to know. Meredith Levneck brings several years of experience in manufacturing, distribution management, warehouse optimization, software development and training, and system implementations. She has a background in process improvement and has facilitated projects in a variety of industries, including electrical, mechanical, and chemical manufacturing, in addition to transportation and retail. Serving as WMS Application Manager for Texas, she is responsible for overseeing a team of consultants leading software implementations with a primary focus in the warehouse management space. Welcome, Meredith. Thank you so much for having me. And I'd like to introduce Corey Turner. He leads the healthcare strategy for Texas. Uh, Texas is one of the largest supply chain IT organizations in healthcare. He has two decades of experience in healthcare supply chain operations and also building solutions for healthcare. He earned his credentials at uh, Greenville Health System, which is now Prisma Health. That's one of the largest IDNs in South Carolina. And he's since built that career with experience in Infor, Omnicell, and Workday. Welcome, Corey. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. So Meredith and Corey are joining us uh, to bring different uh, perspectives towards today's topic, sustainability in the supply chain. And uh, we'll turn to Corey for a deeper dive into healthcare and Meredith for a deeper dive into industry. So sustainability in logistics is no longer nice to have. It's a must have. A few years ago, some research from Johns Hopkins reported that major hospitals across the United States collectively throw away at least $15 million in unused operating room surgical supplies. Corey and Meredith, the both of you have been in, in this industry for over a decade. How have you seen the importance of sustainability evolve in companies in the supply chain? Sure. Um, Well, making a supply chain as sustainable as possible can protect the business from reputational damage and boost professional standing. Sustainability and subsequent the subsequent good reputation that it cultivates are key when an organization is trying to gain customer trust, increase customer loyalty, and market the business. Um, so as you mentioned before, Bill, um, it is not um, a nice to have anymore. It's um, becoming increasingly pers- um, important from an industry perspective as well. And from the healthcare point of view, um, when we talk about sustainability, you know, it's a it's a theory and a and a topic that has gained some traction over the past few years. But it's much like you know when we talk about turning an aircraft carrier, it takes a lot of people, it takes a lot of effort, uh, processes and procedures have to be in place to make that a, a realistic goal. So it's a slow process for the adoption, um, but it's important, and the mentality towards um, towards this topic has definitely moved in the right direction. 
and even now there are national groups all over the country that are helping organizations to you know grow that sustainability efforts within their organization. Do you guys have any opinions on the 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 fact that this pandemic has changed things dramatically and it has refocused people's attention on supply chain and organization around the supply chain? Do you think the sustainability is going to be heavily impacted by the fact that the supply chain has really become so much more important and we are uh, seeing a refactoring of the supply chain. Do you think sustainability will be uh, planned into the, the next supply chain iteration or do you feel that it's going to be much more a supply chain designed around resilience and ability to flex and agility? So I'll answer that from a, from a healthcare point of view. Um, in my opinion, I think that... Um, supply chain leaders and supply chain departments within healthcare organizations were in a state of um, uh, not really panic, but a state of, you know, patient care, patient priority, patient first, let's find whatever we need, when we need it, however much it is. So, you know, I think over this past year, any sustainability processes and procedures kind of went out the window, just to be honest with you. I think that it was not a a priority. Obviously, the the global pandemic took priority with everything across the board. I do think that as we come out of this pandemic and as we come out of the panic um, setting that we were all in kind of, you know, six, eight months ago, even some of it is even now. Um, as we're coming out of that, we, we go into a recovery mode and we go into a, all right, let's take a step back. Let's reassess our overall processes, our overall procedures from start to finish at that point. Because I think that we had a lot of gaps that were uh, identified within the processes. So I think now we will take a step back and we will look at everything from start to finish, whether it be the transportation, the distribution, um, manufacturers, our agreements with our distributors across the board. So I think that sustainability has a part to play in all that where it goes and where it lies, I think is yet to be determined. And I think just to add on to that, um, from an industry perspective, I personally see a lot of um, a, a lot of themes that overlap between sustainability and resilience. Um, I think overall, it's, you know, end to end having an, an efficient, strong supply chain. Um, you know, because we still have the government regulations that um, set precedents for how much um, of a carbon footprint companies can leave and different things like that. Um, you know, we still have the push um, for um, from a consumer perspective um, to be more um, environmentally responsible. But when you talk about what we've seen as a result of the pandemic, a lot of themes in building a sustainable supply chain have also complemented um, making the, the supply chain more resilient. If anything, they've, they've emphasized them more. So um, different things like investing in systems for more effective inventory tracking. Um, from an end-to-end -end perspective, um, if we had, you know, potentially um, 
you know, better forecasting systems. Now we have the data as far as usage statistics are concerned. So by investing in some of those, those software applications and that technology, we could in the future predict more effectively what we might need um, and be able to track where the inventory was, maybe even depending on the level of integrated systems over into the supplier network. So you can see upfront ahead of time where there are shortages or where there are issues or bottlenecks in the supply chain, you know live time where your product is, if it's sitting at a supplier, if it's still being manufactured, or even if it's on a truck to be delivered. Um, another theme is um, obviously partnering with um, suppliers that are closer to the customer base. Um, I think before there was such a heavy emphasis on cost in supply chains that a lot of products were being manufactured and produced overseas. Now we see because of um, some of the, the supply chain breakdown as a result of the pandemic, um, again, people want to have more local suppliers where they can flex. A lot of manufacturers and suppliers switch their product lines for the product that they were producing, like automotive companies. They switch to produce masks. So when you talk about supply chain sustainability and flexibility, I think the pandemic really put different organizations to the test to see how how flexible and um, how how versatile they truly can be if the need were to arise. Um, I also think that collaboration with industry partners, again, taking the example of the automotive companies that produced masks, um, you know, companies looked at more outside of the box, creative the solutions to get the right supplies to um, the, the right people at the right time. Like, for example, in a healthcare network, you had, um, again, respirators being built, masks, gloves, um, hand sanitizer. So organizations really looked to see um, what they could do to contribute and, and pushed the portfolio to see, you know, maybe how they could change or modify processes. So I think a lot of those, when you talk about a sustainable supply chain, um, a lot of those topics, um, resourcing local to reduce um, the the time that product spends in the distribution network, but also transportation costs um, and holding costs. Um, different um, partnering with industry partners where um, the organization isn't taking a lot of overhead costs to to start up a process um, or in a different business sector that they're maybe not strong in. People looked at ways where they could leverage other strengths um, and build back stronger. And again, you know, at the backbone, still assess the end-to-end -end overall process, um, not only from a sustainability perspective or a resilience perspective, but to see, you know, how um, on the back end that is impacting the environment and that waste being produced. I think what the pandemic has also done, I just find it fascinating, is that it has, to your point, Meredith, that companies have uh, flexed, but they've also pivoted. I mean, I, uh, and just in the pandemic, uh, I, I have a friend who worked at a a uh, chemical company that they were, um, they made chemicals to make like the finishing product on flooring and uh, they pivoted to making hand sanitizer and they are dropping their floor business. That was their business, but they're dropping the chemical business and, and they are 100% into uh, sanitizer now because that was a more successful uh, line of business and, and they've been growing that uh, across the country. So I think not being afraid to pivot, right, and having that flexibility, it's fascinating the stories that we're seeing in the industry.
Yeah. And I mean, I, th- I think another big thing, you know, like Corey was saying, looking at the end end supply chain, um, you know, I think companies are going to um, develop um, or um, adapt their risk assessments to, to different things like this, like because we've always had, you know, pandemic scenarios or pandemic supplies, especially in healthcare. But, um, you know, in performing those risk assessments, organizations are really going to take a closer look um, and they should always be able to identify the biggest challenges that pose a threat to their sustainability or sustainable in general, and then define the details for how they're addressing that threat. So part of that could be reducing the economic impact, but part of that could be just simply um, staying in business. You know, is there an event, um, you know, that could happen that would um, really cause them to shift? So we've we've really seen it make or break a lot of a lot of organizations. Like you said, it's been interesting. Well, kind of across the board, even, you know, from healthcare to retail to, you know, distribution, supply chain in general, you know, one thing that we've learned, I think, coming out of this this past year, year and a half has been, you know, we have to be that, like you mentioned, Adam, being flexible, but being ad- agile, you know, being able to pivot and 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 turn. Um, you know, our, our CEO, Peter Brereton, you know, he made a, a, a comment in an interview he'd done, you know, a couple of weeks back. He said that agility is the waterline to supply chain. You know, we have to be agility. We have to be agile and flexible no matter what we do. So just like you said, you know, you had a company that were, were making cell phones and now they're making boots and it was a chemical company now making hand sanitizers. You know, from a healthcare, from a hospital point of view, we have to be able to, you know, rely on the distributors of the world and the manufacturers of the world to help us out when we need it. So all of us have to be kind of agile and work together and be flexible in what we do in order to, you know, kind of be successful in supply chain and, you know, ultimately sustainability. Yeah. And I think especially as industries and, and again, technology evolves, um, you know, it's, it's those type of companies that are agile that are going to stand the test of time um, ultimately. Yeah, I love that idea, Meredith, that uh, that it's in the DNA, it's in the culture of an organization to be able to pivot and sort of uh, move your company in the direction it needs to go to, um, to, to sort of flow with the market. Uh, Corey, as a supply chain practitioner, you were in that role. Uh, it was your job to do the pivoting, to uh, stay agile and really understand the market and, uh, and evolve with it. Uh, tell me, in that role, what kept you up at night? So a lot of things kept me up at night um, during my past career as, as supply chain leader in a healthcare organization. One of the biggest things that keeps us up at night, and I, I hope that I can speak for more than just myself, is having the right items for the right patients at the right time. You know, we need to make sure that we, as a supply chain leader, you know, I used to talk to my staff around, um, you can think of yourself as a clinician. You may not have direct patient care, but everything that you do is important within the process of patient care. So not losing sight of that. Even though we were at a distribution center and we were in a warehouse or a storeroom, we didn't need to lose track of the fact that we were doing it for the right reasons, which is patient care. So everything that we did need to be appropriate and take responsibility for our actions in in order to ensure that we got the right the right items to the patients or to the clinicians so they can do their job. So that was always one of the things that kind of, you know, kept me up at night was the, was the, you know, ongoing 
thing that was running through my head is, all right, are our clinicians getting what they need when they need it? Cool. And, and Meredith, a uh, slight different lens to, uh, to that question. Uh, you've made a career of solving problems in supply chain. Uh, can you identify uh, the problem that you identified and helped solve uh, that you, you are most proud of? Well, I think one of the, the bigger projects that I worked on was to help, I, I guess, modify a distribution model for a company that was specializing in manufacturing and move them into a model where it could facilitate um, more retail distribution. So um, this organization manufactured industrial adhesives and they were built specifically from a manufacturing environment. They did not have the means or the capability to facilitate small-scale distribution, and they were looking at entering um, into the big box market. Part of my, of my background, what I worked to do on that project was to analyze um, the demand for the product. They had prototyped this product in uh, several different markets and built out a distribution plan to allow them to not only partner with 3PLs to ramp up very quickly and the in the infrastructure they were lacking, their warehouses were built to facilitate manufacturing and, and wholesale distribution, not several smaller shipments packaged to go to various stores or vendors. So I, I worked to establish a model where um, across the United States, they would be able to distribute within those big box stores required lead times. So it put their product in the hands of the consumer and made it a little bit more readily available. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting project because I think um, organizations or brands more and more are being forced to, um, to pivot and to adapt to a changing order profile, right? No longer is it uh, by case, by truck. I mean, where the order profile is changing and so the distribution model needs to change with it, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. And then, um, you know, a large part of that comes into play from looking at that from um, a sustainability perspective in the organization. Um, so, again, making sure that um, they don't miss those business opportunities, but at the same time that they're optimizing processes um, and different models. And I think, um, again, it leads into an increasing theme that we're seeing from a sustainability perspective now more organizations um, are, are really doing that SWOT analysis. They're realizing what their strengths are and their capabilities and where the market, how the market is evolving. And then they're partnering with other organizations that complement their business to be able to ramp up more quickly and also to provide a better quality of product to the consumer. So in that particular example, um, for this organization, we partnered with 3PL networks to leverage their distribution capabilities, while at the same time, this organization was still able to focus on the manufacturing piece and streamlining that perspective, while not missing that business opportunity. Well, that bottles it up perfectly, doesn't it, Meredith? Optimize your processes, but keep your eyes open for opportunities. Get creative in your partnerships. As Corey put it, sustainability took a backseat to a rocky year. 
but it's back and it's back with a vengeance. Our thanks to both Corey and Meredith for lending their insights and expertise to the Great Supply Chain Podcast. Thank you, guys. Well, that's it for this episode, folks. Thanks for joining us. We hope that our guests have sparked some new ideas for you and inspire you to push the boundaries for your supply chain operation. New podcasts will be published on the first of every month. And in the meantime, please reach out. We want to know your thoughts about our guests, the topics we covered, and any ideas you might have for future episodes. You can email us at texaspodcast at texas.com. Let us know if you'd be willing to join us and perhaps share your perspective as supply chain experts. And please share us with a colleague and leave us a review. We appreciate your feedback as we continue to evolve the show and line up new compelling interviews. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified as soon as a new episode goes live. Until then, this has been the Great Supply Chain Podcast. I'm Adam Polka with Texas. And I'm Bill Denby. And thank you for tuning in.